Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for July 19th, 2015. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled, I Need a Nap. I have very vague memories of my mother rocking me to sleep for my afternoon nap when I must have been about three or four years old. I didn't like naps again until college. I remember college life was all about naps. Am I telling the truth, college students? College life and napping. Then I hit the real world and didn't learn to appreciate the gift of the nap again until I had children. And someone told me, or I read somewhere, that the mother should sleep when the baby was sleeping. And I followed that rule to the letter of the law. It was the saddest day ever when my children stopped taking naps. When would I be able to get that precious kind of nap sleep again? After the nap years, the child cannot be left unattended, so it was a blessed day, somewhere probably in the late elementary school years, that they could occupy themselves safely long enough for me to get a nap. At this point in my life, I'll take a nap whenever I can get it. Long or short, I will take it. Russ's mother's maiden name is Phillips. She can, is the master of the nap, and she calls it the Phillips Five. If she can just get still long enough in any position, five minutes is enough for her. I would have named it the Phillips 50, but it's not my maiden name, so I don't get naming rights. But five minutes or 50 minutes, I'll take it. And is there anything better than a Sunday afternoon nap? Unless it's a Sunday afternoon nap while it's raining and the Panthers are quietly losing in the background of my TV. (laughs) That is the best sleep that ever was. So I guess I would have made a pretty good disciple back in the day because they sure did seem to love their sleep. This scene in Mark's gospel is probably the place we see the most human side of Jesus in all of the gospel story. A little later, another gospel writer will tell this same story, but he will make it shorter and he will soften it a little. And by the time we get to John's telling, the last gospel written, he just leaves the Garden of Gethsemane out all completely. I can't help but wonder if folks just couldn't take this Jesus, so they quit telling it as time went on. This Jesus that didn't want to die, this Jesus that begged and pleaded for his very life with God, this Jesus that threw himself down on the ground, writhing in anguish and despair before he finally accepted his fate. All he wanted, 
All he needed was for his people to stay awake with him, to pray with him, to keep watch with him, to be present with him. And they said with their actions, I need a nap. More often than not, I can relate to those disciples who consistently fall asleep at the wheel. I so often need a nap. When Jesus is most burdened, most afraid, most anxious, most in need, that's when his disciples let him down. I can't help but wonder if they thought, Jesus has so got this. He's been in tougher situations before. He always knows what to do and what's best before we do. He can handle this without us, just like he always does. We've mostly, if we were honest, just been in the way all the time. Jesus has the power to overcome this and change this. A little nap won't hurt anybody. Or three little naps won't hurt anybody. Little did they know that this was the moment that Jesus needed them the most. More than in all of those healings they had done together. More than them collecting and finding food to feed the crowds. More than needing them to go fetch this or get that or line up the donkey or whatever they needed to do. He needed them in his hour of deepest need. No burden could have been heavier for him. And though there was nothing that they could do to change the outcome any more than there was anything he could do to change the outcome, what he needed was for his people to be with him and beside him to help him carry his load. But they couldn't stay awake. Just two Sundays ago, I preached from a portion of Mark's gospel that said, keep alert, be awake, be ready. It was just two weeks ago, and now we're in the Garden of Gethsemane, and they can't even stay awake to notice how distraught Jesus really is. They are so far from alert and ready that it's not even funny. This whole scene should really be a wake-up call for us. People all around us are distraught, carrying burdens too heavy to lift. Some folks are falling down on the ground in despair and agony and anguish. And I need a nap. We show up here to pray, but after only a few minutes, we find ourselves saying, maybe not out loud, but with our actions, we, we need a nap. We're, we're tired. The disciples were too often asleep at the wheel, and so are we. Of course, those napping disciples may look a little bit different in 2015. I saw a funny cartoon this week to modernize this story. An exasperated Jesus comes up to the disciples who are glued to their phones, and he says, can you not stop texting for one hour? 
How else could we fill in that question with our obsessions? Can you not stop working for one hour? Can you not stop reading for one hour? Can you not stop worrying for one hour? Can you not stop scrolling through social media for one hour? Can you not stop watching TV for one hour? Can you not stop being just too busy for one hour? Can you not stop for one hour? You see, Jesus is still burdened and distraught and grieving and scared for his life all around us. And we're busy taking a nap or whatever else it is that you do to fill in that sentence. If you are not seeing all of the people and places where Jesus is still in Gethsemane, then you aren't driving down the right roads or shopping in the right stores. The devastating situations aren't just in headline news. They are in the pews right beside you. But this week, we add Chattanooga to our list of cities. Ferguson, Boston, New York, Baltimore, Charleston, and now Chattanooga. And just as a trial is ready to begin in Charlotte for a police officer who gunned down a black man who was looking for help when his car became disabled, we hope and pray that our own Queen City won't be added to the list of cities who know too much violence and chaos. From national and worldwide news to the pew sitter right beside you, we live in a state of Gethsemane. And overwhelmed and overburdened and overtired, we often find ourselves falling asleep instead of being present, attentive, alert, and ready. Are you guilty of being one of those napping disciples? while Jesus is throwing himself on the ground everywhere. And then there's Jesus in this scene. He gathers his closest friends, and the text says, and going a little farther, almost as if he wanted some alone time in the context of community, he threw himself on the ground, and he got real honest with God. I think Mark tidied it up. He desperately wanted things to be different. Phrases like, all things are possible with God, and take this cup from me, and then a final resignation, not my will but yours. After all of the very real and very human feelings, Jesus finally recognizes it's not all about me. 
It was all about the sacrificial love that compelled him to live his life true to his calling. Could Jesus have made a different choice in the Garden of Gethsemane? I see people all the time living and acting as if they don't have any choice but to live in the mess that they are in. That's nonsense. We all have lots of choices. The truth is that when stuck in hard times, we often just don't like the other choices at our disposal. But we all have choices. And I guess we just have to ask ourselves if we're only looking out for number one, or are we evaluating all of life through the lens of sacrificial love? And then letting all of our choices be made with that love in mind. And in that light, Jesus had no choice at all. Had he chosen to save himself with some grand escape plan from his betrayer in the darkness of that garden night, he would have ceased to be who he was called to be. Now, unlike many preachers, I'm unwilling to say that Jesus chose death on a cross to save us. That theology says that somebody had to die. Jesus was the one that took our suffering and death upon himself so it wouldn't have to be me. I'm not sure that's the choice he made. I think in his agonizing and fear-filled aloneness in the Gethsemane Garden, he chose to keep living the life he had been called to live. And the obvious consequences of that kind of sacrificial love is almost always death. It wasn't that Jesus was destined for this. It was that he consistently kept choosing the path of giving himself away for the least and the last and the marginalized, and the poor, and the oppressed, and those that have no voice, and those that have no, phone, no home, and those that have no food. He consistently kept choosing the path of giving himself away for the widow and the orphan, for the woman, and for the slave, and for the child, and for those that were sick. He consistently kept choosing the path of giving himself away for the possessed, and for those who were bullied. And those kind of choices always come with a cost. So we've got here a bunch of disciples who can't stay awake because they can't pay attention, and a Jesus who won't sleep because there's too much left to do. So do you need a nap or do you need to give yourself away? That's the question of the gospel story in a nutshell. Do you need a nap or do you need to give yourself away? If I am right, which of course I always think I am, if I am right and we are living in a constant state of Gethsemane, 
then let me suggest several things. Number one, we must learn to increase our attention span. It is frightening how short they are. And it's not just young people, it's adults too. Number two, we must learn to be more focused, often laser focused on the needs all around us and the issues that swarm us. Focused attention. Number three, we must learn to live our lives not thinking about me and mine first. Yes, self-care is important, but it's mostly important so that we can focus on the fourth thing that we must do, which is we must learn to live in the powerful influence of self-giving, sacrificial love. These four things will cost time, energy, and money. And it may even cost us our very lives. Perhaps not necessarily a martyr's life, but it may cost us the life to which we have become accustomed. I've stood on the Mount of Olives overlooking that ancient holy city of Jerusalem that's surrounded by a wall. And in between that mount and that city is the Kidron Valley. And as we made our way by foot from mount to city, passing through that valley, we came upon an old grove of beautifully gnarled trees. It was, they say, Gethsemane. The place where Jesus wrestled with God and ultimately answered a higher calling than his own wishes, his own wants, and his own desires. It was the place that even without the help of his napping companions, he decided to continue to be exactly who he was. Wouldn't that be the greatest gift we could ever receive? To live our lives being completely who we really are called to be. He decided to continue to be exactly who he was, the one who had come to change lives forever, much more because of the way he lived than the way he died. We often refer to it as the Garden of Gethsemane. My instant image of a garden comes with vine-ripe tomatoes that are aching for white bread and Duke's mayonnaise not a grove of trees. There is a peaceful calm in that garden. This Gethsemane garden would have been a place that Jesus and his comrades would have visited often. This was not a first-time appearance for them among these trees. The leaves and branches and the very roots of those trees would have heard the fervent prayers of Jesus the Christ. He may as well have been alone that night with just the trees and God as he continued to step into who he was. I may think I need a nap, but what I really need is to be more like him. 
all week my mind has wandered to another old, old hymn. And if at the end of this you tell me you have never heard this, we're going to have a talk. But my mind wandered to this hymn. We'll find ourselves in this garden. It's not the Garden of Gethsemane, but in just a few weeks, we will find ourselves in another garden at the end of the Gospel of Mark. I found that I couldn't think about the Gethsemane Garden without knowing what was coming up ahead. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses And the voice I hear Falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. So no napping. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Grace and peace to you.